In order to truly become part of the global business environment, your business needs to constantly change and adapt to a variety of new constants. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders with Kimberly J. Lewis. We will help you navigate these changes on today's program and help you think beyond the boundaries. The opportunities are limitless if you are prepared. Now, here is your host, Kimberly J. Lewis. Hello, and welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders. It's 2022. I can't believe it. We have 2021 behind us now, and I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And in this series is in cooperation with Cinda Virtual, which brings you thought leaders and business stories from all over the world. You can learn more about Cinda under www.cinda.org. But we just don't bring you thought leaders from all over the world. We also have listeners from all over the world. So good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be listening from today. And if you're new to the series, let me tell you what this series is about. Leadership Beyond Borders is about the impact globalization, digital transition, and the connected world is having on the organizations and what this impact is doing to the kind of leadership we need to drive long-term success in today's economy. In this series, we've talked about everything from business issues such as artificial intelligence, digital transitions and data protection regulations to leadership issues such as gender balance and business values and ethics that may impact your organization or your individual career. So please listen to us live every Tuesday, 3 p.m. specific time. And if you miss us live, don't worry about it because we are on every major podcast platform from Apple to Google to Stitcher to Spotify. We're out there and you can find us by just looking for Leadership Beyond Borders. Now, I invite you to connect with me. Please send me your thoughts and insights to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com or go to my website, leadershipbeyondborders.net. And let me know what you want to hear about on this series. So if you're in a leadership position or aspire to be in one, regardless if your business is international or local, make sure you join Join us each week and we'll make sure you take away something useful for either your business or yourself. Now on to our first episode of 2022. You know, a lot has happened in leadership since 2020. I mean, the workplace has changed. The general public has become a little bit more anxious. Um, we're frustrated with lockdowns. We have border restrictions. And it's been it's been a roller coaster, okay? And we thought maybe it was over in 2021. And we're kind of back on this roller coaster. Closer. At least I can say from Europe we are. And in many jobs, things, especially jobs such as travel and gastronomy, you can really feel the frustration from the workers because of the frustration from the customer. I mean, people are just plain old grumpy lately. Okay, so what kind of leadership do we need to get through this? How is, how is leadership transitioning? And our guest today interviews leaders on a weekly basis from all over the world. And we'd like to hear what she has to say about this. And our guest today is a very famous podcaster herself, Audrey Cavaniccia, and she's the chief content officer and co-producer of Amplify Voices. And she's a co-host along with NFL coach Pete Carroll for Amplify Voices podcast and the host of Unlikely Podcasts on Leadership. A talented storyteller and a visionary systems thinker, Audrey had decades of experience in leadership development, entertainment production, and content marketing with a focus on championing human, 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 the human in all of us. Audrey is hosting a new podcast series dedicated to heart leadership, 
unlikely leadership in a series of thoughtfully curated discussions with global experts on being a modern leader in uncertain times. She has worked alongside with some of the most influential leaders in the world, including speaker and author Tony Robbins, Oracle founder Larry Ellison, and she's worked with them to develop visions of leadership. So no matter what sector in, she's a great storyteller. So Audrey, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much, Kimberly. I'm so excited to be here. This is my yeah. favorite topic. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you've been, you, you know, you started these new podcasts and you've been really talking to leaders today. And um, what, what, is there a theme you're hearing? What are you hearing among the leaders you interviewed today? Yeah. I mean, you really opened it up quite frankly, right on the nose with overwhelm. There's just an incredible overwhelm and, and, and kind of like a fighting not to become resigned and completely frustrated. But at the same time, and this is really why I launched the Unlikely Leadership Podcast, and people really get it. And, and we went from in like record time from, you know, inviting guests on to now just our emails getting flooded with leaders who want to come on in different industries and talk about it, be the authors or CEOs. And that is that the, the focus of the podcast was we've had such a chink in, in the paradigm mm. and sort of the construct that we've had of leadership, like, you know, win, lose, very myopic, go, go, you know, <laughs> and now we've seen, we have been at the global level humbled. Mm -hmm. We've been humbled and we see that we have to look in between the gray areas. We have to start to listen to of many things that our employees have been saying that maybe we've been saying to ourselves, uh, things that have not worked. We've seen much, much bad behavior that has been overlooked because of great results or because of yep. titles that we've seen being taken down. So with that, you know, unlikely leadership was, was an opportunity for me in my own process of reinventing, redesigning, reconstructing, being in that space of uncertainty with a level of aplomb and fluidity and, and talking to other leaders and saying, hey, we don't have the exact answer, but together we can collectively start to point to where is this change going? Because the last thing we need to do is to sit here wishing it's going to go back to how it was because mm -hmm. it never will go back to how it was. Yeah. yeah, that that's for sure. I mean, I can see that. And, you know, when you talk about people being overwhelmed, um, these leaders and the ones you're talking, I mean, they shifted from from, you know, you're right. There was a lot of bad behavior out there. It was focused on results. And then, you know, it was I don't know if I want to say it's kind of like easier to get away with stuff when you're kind of there in the office or whatever. And then we, uh -huh. we switched to. Yeah, I mean, isn't it? I mean, you know, you know, I mean, people, people, you know, it, it just was easier. And then all of a sudden we shift. OK, um, you know, to this virtual and um, many leaders actually didn't know what to do. Did, yeah. did you have you talked to them about that? Yeah, you know. People really felt like, I think there was kind of this, this experience one has of something really bad happening and you kind of hold your breath until you can sort of get through it. Yeah. And I think that was the first wave of what many leaders thought, like, oh my gosh, let me just kind of white knuckle it through this. But then just as you said, you know, we're getting another wave and another one. And we thought we were going to come out of it. And no, we didn't. We're still, you know, starting off the kickoff of this new year in the same capacity. So um, many of the leaders have now moved beyond 
mm-hmm. that that level of overwhelm. Um, you know, they're talking about exhaustion. They're talking about you know how they're going to set up their work life, their processes, and that's again going back to that. Hey, listen, we we have to we have to go the direction the train is going. We mm-hmm. have to look at how this is when we've moved from being able to manage people in the way with sight to be able to have the kind of control, if you will, over the people in our, our life and what we're working with. And now <clears throat> we're completely fused in with our personal lives, which yeah. I think, and I have to tell you, I think for the Americans, I mean, and I don't know about other places in the world, but for sure Americans that are very much oriented around living to work and that mm. being such a huge part of their life, this was a huge eye-opening wake up and we saw a massive millions and millions of people step out of the workforce and those were predominantly women and that was because people their life was at stake they the the smoke screen of just day in and day out wake up and and churn it out and be in traffic for two hours back and forth eliminated and all of a sudden they thought what is my life about is this Mm -hmm. what my life was about so purpose became something that was very, very, very huge. And that is really a central focus, building truly purposeful uh, work life, building um, uh, environments and cultures where people are truly heard and seen, even if they're not in close proximity. So mm-hmm. this, this is on the forefront of what everyone is talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to come back to that because I want to ask you a little bit about this big quit thing. And and, and you're right. You know, we've seen when you look at the statistics, you're seeing that women were the ones who stepped out. Okay, And I have to I have to say, I think it might be predominantly more in the U.S. um, because of this. um, I'm not going to say that Europe has a a better word work yeah. balance it has you a, should. It, it you does should. okay it does yeah it does you know i you mean say I, that. I mean we we take our 6 weeks vacation every year trust yeah. me yeah you know what i mean and and i think i think europe post with a little different problem because because um it was more of a space problem because all of a sudden you had people working virtually and you had families with three kids and, and the houses and the apartments aren't as huge as they are in the States. So you're, you're trying to find how many square meters can you fit, fit three kids and two adults in, you know what I mean? So there were different kinds of pressures, but that brings me, but in both countries, and this is an interesting statistic I want to ask you about um, and how leaders are dealing with it. I've, I've read recent statistics um, that about 40, 41% of the workforce force, and this is both in Europe and in the U.S. for different reasons, okay, are facing some kind of mental health issues of its depression, anxiety. I mean, this has tripled since COVID. So, I mean, do do leaders realize that? Are they addressing it? Yes. You know, yes, it's, 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 right there up on top, right? And it fits very nicely, actually, with looking at the purpose and the quality of life and your family and what's meaningful for you and all of those things, like we said, that the Americans truly were humbled by and starting to examine. But, you know, I think for all of us in our organizations and in our cultures and our environments and, and just pure policy has dictated that, you know, we we had conversations of mental health. We would talk to people about where they're at or conversations or sort of, 
you know, webinars that they could watch or participate or workshops. But it was sort of, I, I, I would venture to say it was a small percentage. I mean, maybe, maybe 15% of a focus of any organization. Now, I would think it's like 80% yeah. of the focus that people have on well-being and, and mental health. And if you if you understand the the rising up and and the the qualities that need to happen with leadership and to build a successful culture that's completely and seamlessly in tune with what you're up to so that you can make those sort of you know quantum uh, quantum uh, reaches one of the things that people have to understand is that pressure is a huge part of producing results pressure is a huge part of being able to you know to meet your deadlines and everything that you have to do again because america's very very focused on that mm-hmm. and i think that one of the the key things was we moved from mental health being optional to mm-hmm. it being the first priority for everybody and that had everybody looking for how do we deal with this best and i think this is a big part of the topic that we've had with leaders is we have to go back to the basics. We have to check mm-hmm. in with people consistently. We can't have it be a once in a while thing, or here, we're going to do a big two hour, or we're going to you know give you a one day off. It has to be something that's a constant check-in because the pressure is so high. Yeah. You know, it's sort of like you, you, you steam something. If you're cooking it in a pot, what happens? A pressure cooker has to release pressure along the way. And that's the thing that we, we're truly dealing with right now. We can't wait a month. We have to do it day in and day out. Check in with our people. Find out what they're going. See what they need. And, and build even smaller teams along the way. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think so. And I mean, I, I hear what you're saying. And, and I think that's that's globally. And, and you're right. I mean, the pressure is out there because we have a global economy. Yeah. Um, we, we've seen this. We've seen this from the SMBs, the small, medium businesses that were actually lost their foot traffic. OK. And then you see, you you, you know, you see local production, other production. And, and so there is a lot of pressure to be competitive. But at the same time, we have this COVID and we have to find purpose or else we'll we'll just going to be keeping being faced with this big quit. But Audrey, we're going to, I want to talk about getting out of this spiral. And I think one of the things that you said was purpose and humble. And, you know, we got away with bad behavior. You know, how do we get leaders into this? How do we measure empathy? You know, how do we get them to understand that? So we're going to, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, I want to talk to you a little bit about what we kind of have to help leaders with to get out of this downward spiral. And for our listeners, we are talking to Audrey Cavanizia, and she's the chief content officer, co-producer of Amplify Voices, and the co-host alongside NFL coach Pete Carroll for Amplify Voices podcast and the host of Unlikely Podcasts on Leadership. Unlikely is a series of thoughtful, curated discussions with global experts on being a modern leader in this uncertain time. And we're talking with her about what she's been hearing out there among the leaders. And she's talked to leaders such as Tony Robbins and um, Larry Ellison. So she's got a lot of insights. And if you'd like to learn about Audrey, you can go to Audrey. She's on LinkedIn under Audrey Cavanizia, and that's C-A-V-E-N-E-C-I-A, and she's on Twitter under Audrey Cavanizia, and on Facebook, and also on Instagram is Unlikely Podcast with Audrey, 
And to listen to Amplify Voices, go to www.amplifyvoices.io. And this series is also brought to you by Cinda. Cinda is one of Europe's fastest-growing digital nonprofit associations, and it holds virtual trainings, conferences, market research, legislative white papers that focus on digital and leadership. So go to www.cinda.org for more information. And Cinda has just launched a fantastic e-learning platform for startups. So go check that out on www.cinda.org. And with that, we're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And today we are talking with Audrey Kavaniccia, and she's the chief content officer and co-producer of Amplify Voices. And she's a co-host of this podcast along with NFL Coach. And she also has another podcast called Unlikely. And that podcast is on leadership. And Audrey has been in this field for, for many years and talking to a lot of leaders, including leaders like Tony Robbins and Larry Ellison. And so it's interesting, uh, Audrey, to hear what you're hearing. You know, I hear a lot of leaders also, but, you know, more European end. And it's kind of fun to bridge the gap here between what you're hearing in the U.S. and what I'm hearing in Europe. And so, yeah, so, you know, you talked about, you know, we both recognized there was some bad behavior before, okay? And, 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 and leaders seem to have become more humble across the board is the word you used, okay? Yes. So um, that's kind of, for me, it means like developing more empathy. Is, is this a way to kind of get out of this downward spile, you know? And, and how do you combine empathy with driving performance, you know, it's interesting. I love that you brought that up, Kimberly, because there has been a lot of kind of pushback on empathy. As a, Not that it's not incredibly important, because it is, but um, pushback in terms of its central focus to get us through. And that is because many people that go too far into empathy can find themselves being sort of sucked into the vortex of this mm-hmm. overwhelm and, and exhaustion and resignation. Because listen, when, you, when you're at that, you know, uh, in the Alps at the tip, tip, you know, tippy, tippy top point of the yeah, mountain, yeah. The, ox, the oxygen is out of the air and you're, you're struggling and you're exhausted and frostbitten and all of that, you know, you don't have a lot of time to sit yeah. there and find out how's your experience of life and how's your experience of life. So, and and if you do start to get into everybody on the team saying, oh my gosh, I'm exhausted, Kimberly and Audrey, and we're like, yeah, you know what, let's stop. It's just, you know, you, you there's an interesting uh, kind of 
um, view of it. And there's now books being come out on and like, Hey, is empathy really a focal point we should be focusing on? So I've, I've had guests that have spoken on this, particularly ones that are culture builders in inclusion and diversity and well-being and all of that to speak on that. And I'll definitely tell you, Kimberly, for me, there's three things that have really come up and been resoundingly clear in terms of leadership's focus. And one is resilience. Mm-hmm. I think for the for the leaders that have sat back and and said, oh, well, you know, come on, this is this is uh, temporary. Everybody's being sensitive. You know, the bad behavior leaders. Right. <laughs> this will pass. This will pass. Everybody's too sensitive. <laughs> uh, no, I don't think so. Um, and, and the ones who are just like, no, I want to get everybody back to the office right away. We're just going to go ahead and force it to happen. Uh, any of these kind of examples of c- wanting to cling to the past instead of being on the forefront of innovation, instead of surrendering to what's happening to look at how can we swiftly redesign things, there needs to be a focus for leaders and leaders building a culture of resilience. And that doesn't mean taking your pummels and working to exhaustion. It really means the level of resilience that you take when you have a faith in something, when you believe Mm -hmm. in something, when you come together and you say, we're standing for our children, we're standing for the future. We're trying to make with this chink that's happened with this crack in the paradigm that's taken place, we will build a new, we will build new things and they will be better. That's important. And two is curiosity. We, mm-hmm. we don't need people trying to figure out answers right now. What we need is people discovering new things, asking interesting questions, having the lenses on, putting on their, their frames of discovery and looking at like, oh, wow, that's a problem. Okay, how can we resolve that? Like with my team, every time someone says they're exhausted and I know I'm not going to add three new people to the team because of the work shortage and what's mm-hmm. going on, what we say is let's relook at the process. How can we streamline it more? How can we be more innovative by doing less? Let's look together. And we look together to find new ways to do that. So having this level of curiosity to be just immediately able to pivot, immediately bring people together as sort of like a think trust that everyone, no matter what your title, has something to say and can contribute. And let's pivot quickly. Let's try it out and see if it works. If it doesn't work, let's shift again. But we but we have that resilience and then we have a curiosity on top of it. And the last one, I would say, and this to me is a bigger focus than empathy, and that is compassionately focused. Mm-hmm. That you you you're not going to go so into somebody else's reality, but you have compassion. You're not this, you know. I can definitely say, even for myself, there's been a uh, my level of intensity and 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 you know focus and let's do things and let's go has been if somebody doesn't comes late to a call or uh, three days in a row or two weeks in a row the work didn't get done I, I have a different approach to it mm-hmm. I don't allow myself to get immediate like oh what's going on here I'm like hey let's check in what's okay you need support okay we're gonna move you over here we're gonna put this person here I totally get it because I do yeah everybody's in different places I mean right now their their parents are sick they their children aren't in in, you know, don't have the immunity um, vaccine yet. There's so many things that people are dealing with in the course of their day. I cannot possibly assume that they're intentionally not doing their work. I'm actually assuming they're trying their best. That is my mm. number one assumption, right? But I have to stay hyper-focused on it because the minute somebody gets very quiet or if I hear a little bit of, you know, kind of a shortness in the email, I'm immediately like, hey, I'm just checking in here. What, what's going on? How you doing? <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah, because yeah. I, I've got to bring my compassion to a level of like moment by moment. And I think those three things are, are together 
so incredibly important right now for leaders to get through this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, so curiosity, resilience and compassion um, in in the past. And I, and I do see some changing a little bit now, but it made a lot of leaders felt they were vulnerable when they showed this. OK, you know that maybe they were just opening up too much. They wouldn't get their results. I mean, um, you know, do you think, do you still see that? I mean, are they vulnerable and should they be vulnerable, you know, in these times? (laughs) What a great question. What a great question, Kimberly, (laughs) because I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to compare it to, it has been about six years before 2020 that in HR worldwide, there had been, especially in the United States, definitely worldwide, in the tr- top 10 trends for HR, the focus was remote work life. Mm-hmm. You got to start building your remote work life. You got to start <laughs> focusing on more. You guys, and what did the CEOs and leaders do? Well, I'm not going to do that until I have to, because yeah. how am I going to manage these people to do their job if they're not physically here? I don't know. I'm paying them and they're off, you know, watching a movie or something. I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> right? But guess what happened? The universe said, Whoop, pull the rug out from underneath you. Now you have to focus on it. Right. Well, let me tell you the same thing's happening with this vulnerability. Nobody wants to be vulnerable. Nobody wants to look like they Mm -hmm. don't know what they're doing or that they're afraid. And then cancel culture came in. And cancel culture is if you occur to the public that you are inauthentic, that you Mm -hmm. are disingenuous, we will hold you accountable. Mm-hmm. And so now all of a sudden, this is again, this pathway of humility that we're going through where we're like, wait a minute, uh, the public is now really, truly demanding that we act like human beings, that we are authentic, that it, not vulnerable, like we can be attacked, but vulnerable, like we're in this together. And mm-hmm. there is no, this is another one where there's no turning back there. People don't have interest in, in leadership or leaders or any public communications for CEOs. And we're seeing all of them, Elon Musk publicly yeah. being pulled to task, Jeff Bezos publicly yeah. being pulled to task. I mean, they're all like this and even, you know, female executives as well. You can't yeah. post something without people saying, mm, that sounds untrue to me. That sounds fake mm-hmm. to me. And so, no, we need to go through leaders for us really need to develop what is it for us to be in it together with our team and, and get out of this again, this, this myopic um, view of leadership where we as leaders live this more of isolated life of where we would only convene with one another. We would only entrust what we had to say with people that were more senior to us. And we would keep a distance between us and our teams and no, now it's you're right there in the trenches with them. You're you're you need to to listen to them. The level of of questions and listening that as a practice needs to take place with leaders because truly, how how do you yeah. open up to people? You ask questions, just like you and I are doing right now. Yeah. It's like how do you know something that you didn't know the moment before? How do you get closer with somebody? How do you get more connected? Where do you find innovation? Where do you find breakthroughs in questions and listening? That's where yeah. you find them. Yeah. And, and you know what? You just, you, you hit, you, you kind of hit one of my red buttons. And I want to ask you a question that, mm-hmm. um, um, so we, we have, we, you know, we're trying to build this culture, okay? And we have leaders who genuinely really believe in it. But then you have organizations that kind of, in my eyes, you know, they'll put up diversity and inclusion. <laughs> they'll put up, <laughs> 
Okay. You don't know where I'm going with this. Okay. Yep. And, then, and then, and then they build such inflexible rules. And I, I want to come back to you with a little case study that I had recently. Somebody brought to me, but you know, do you think maybe the leaders are getting it, but what's it going to take to cascade down to HR? Okay. One of my favorite organ, favorite departments in an organization, HR. Okay. You know, click uh-huh. off the boxes and everything's okay. I mean, how do you get, how do you cascade it from, 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 you know, the, the head down through the organization to make them understand this? <clears throat> I think this is one of those things again, where we're not going to have a choice. Yeah. And I think there are the group of leaders. And we have to always remember that change happens based on a tipping point of a critical mass. And a critical mass is not 100%. It's like 20, 32%. It's, oh, we don't need everybody to be on board with the change that's happening because people will, will push and push and push. This is sort of like Blockbuster meets Netflix. Blockbuster kept thinking, ah, Netflix, look at this. This is a small, it's nothing. We don't care about them. And then that company got wiped out and look at the dominance of Netflix, right? Yeah. And and that happens when change happens, that there's the people that want to, again, hold on to what was, to, to relate to this, that it's temporary, that it's not going to be any different. But here's the thing. You know, we've had the Internet, obviously, for a, a, a strong period of time. But then we moved into not just the Internet, but having the social platforms that connected us. And then people were getting, you know, savvy with it. Now we're so savvy that we have organized groups of people holding leaders accountable, holding industry mm-hmm. industries accountable. People, ones that could rally at a global level in the millions and hold a company accountable or drain their economy, like drain them from the economy in yeah. like nobody's business, uh, bring down their stock. I mean, this is this is you don't you don't have the luxury to hang on and try to be, you know on the side of the old guards here. And this is where I've seen it Kimberly happen in HR when HR is inefficient. And typically it's around HR being afraid Mm -hmm. of the the leaders who are not really on board, who are saying, like you said, go ahead and post a few things. We're not, we're not really gonna, we're not really gonna do anything. And they're not standing up and holding anybody accountable or leaving that organization and finding one that's going to work. So that typically happens in unison. And I think we're, I mean, for the most part, if you look at comments on companies or posts, again, people are being really savvy. They'll post a commercial that looks very diverse or very on the side of women. And then you have people online that will go through their board. They'll go through their employee profile and they'll say, oh, really? Oh, really? You believe in that? I went to your Mm -hmm. website. I looked at your team. I looked at your board. You're not about that. Mm -hmm. Sorry. And, and, and again, this is because, again, we don't live in these silos of brick and mortar for the most part. We live online. You can't hide. You can't hide. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and I think I think what you what uh, at least I'm seeing here in Europe also is, you know, the Generation Z coming up also. They, they're looking at these values. They're looking at websites. Mm-hmm. They're, they're you know, they, they, they're a little bit different than, you know, my generation, your generation, you know, they're saying if this country, if this company or this organization is not giving me these values and I don't want to work for them. Okay. Uh, and um, I'm going to, I'm going to come to that question on, on how you, how you really balance this with getting results. Cause at the end of the day, you know, if you're a publicly com- public company, you have to get results. If you're private, you're, you're, you know, a private equity, you have to get results. Um, you know, if you're a family owned company, you have to get results. So how do you, how do you balance this, 
this um, kind of compassion and curiosity with getting results. And I'm going to talk to you about that uh, when we get back to the break because we're going to take uh, another break. And for our listeners, we are talking with Audrey Cavanizia, and she is the chief content officer and co-producer for Amplify Voices and the co-host alongside NFL coach Pete Carroll for the Amplify Voices podcast and the host of Unlikely Podcasts on Leadership. Unlikely is a series of thoughtfully curated discussions with global experts on being modern leaders in uncertain times. Um, she's worked alongside and talked to many influential leaders such as Tony Robbins and Larry Ellison. So if you want to uh, listen to Amplify Voices, go to www.amplifyvoices.io. And if you want to reach Audrey, you can reach her on LinkedIn, on Twitter, and on Facebook under Audrey Kavanitsia, and that's C-A-V-E-N-E-C-I-A. And she's also on Instagram under Unlikely Podcast with Audrey. Now, this series is also brought to you by Cinda, and Cinda, one of Europe's fastest-growing nonprofit digital marketing and local search associations. And they have just launched a super e-learning platform for startups in cooperation with Boss Startup Science, Boss Capital Partners out of San Diego. So go to www.cinda.org and check out the e-learning platform for startups and also for product managers. And with that, we're just going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And today we are talking with Audrey Cavanizia, and she is the chief content officer and co-producer for Amplify Voices, uh, Voices and the co-host along NFL coach Pete Carroll for the Amplify Voices podcast. She's also the host of Unlikely Podcasts on Leadership, and she's been talking to many leaders um, across, especially across the United States. And uh, we kind of wanted to hear, get the pulse on what's going on in leadership. And, um, you know, we, we talked about organizations uh, and kind of this cascading down. And, we, you know, we're hoping that everybody in the part of the organization will get it after a while. Um, but I, I always come back to the question, Audrey, on on balancing inclusivity, empathy, and results. And I had a case study brought to me recently with a 30-year-old manager um, in STEM, engineering, female, um, Indian, okay, who kind of asked a uh, a subordinate, another female, um, Mexican-American, to, to repeat something because she did not think she understood. So the subordinate said she felt uncomfortable. The manager apologized about being uncomfortable. Um, but then the subordinate filed an ethics complaint. And um, instead of really helping the the new manager, because with, you know, 30-some-year-old manager in STEM is quite new, 
um, it was kind of more disciplinary. And, you know, she was trying to get results or trying to help. You know, how do you how do you manage this spaghetti, you know, this split <laughs> between um, the, I try to use the German word. They say spaghetti in German. OK, so the spaghetti, <laughs> you know, between between I need to get the results. I want to, you know, be empathetic. You know, I want to be respectful. But how do you how do you do that? You know, this is this is such a great question because for so long we haven't had to deal with this and we could just be aggressive and write people up and tell them to focus and leave their personal life in their personal life and focus at work and pay attention to what they're doing and and we got away with it. But here's the thing. It wasn't sustainable. Mm-hmm. It wasn't sustainable because if you tell the truth and you look at any of the data, I mean, you've brought up a number of case studies, Kimberly, and I'm sure we can go and take a ton of case studies that say 80 something percent of employees say their managers aren't doing a good job and don't listen to them and don't know how to lead. Um, You know, nobody is focused on anybody's well-being. Nobody. I mean, and you get employees who leave. All of this costs money. So maybe you're not making it in revenue uh, immediately out of being, you know, short, stoic and aggressive and get to the point and focus on your job. But what you're doing is you're paying somewhere. You're paying in the end anyway. So to me, I think this is a really important part of us asking, you know, we, we have been revealed here with this point of humility that It hasn't been sustainable for us to just keep going this direction. And what is going to be sustainable is if we open up ourselves and stop acting like robots at work (laughs) and like, you know, we're not real people next to each other. I mean, imagine raising a family and, and you have your kids and every time they have something that they need or something bad happened at school or whatever, you're like, ah, be quiet, go, go eat, go sit down, go do it. I mean, the long-term impact of that is your child's probably going to grow up and never talk to you again. So right. good luck with that one, right? Yeah. Or have other emotional problems or not be able to stay, sustain a job or or what have you, or not treat their children well, because the long-term impact of that, you will pay in the end. And mm-hmm. that's the thing we're seeing. I, I bet you anything, if we were a fly on that wall with that example that you just gave, that the way that that HR person or that person handled it in that interaction was, if they had told the truth, they, w- they would have said this. I don't know how to handle this. This is uncomfortable for me too. I, I, what am I possibly going to say here? This I've never had to really deal with anything in this way. And so then it just makes these communications weird. They're weird. They're in, uncomfortable. They're inappropriate. We all have to agree that right now there's a level of hypersensitivity around how people are treated, which is fine. I know it Mm -hmm. seems too much for people, for the leaders listening, it seems like, oh my gosh, when is this going to be done? But you have to remember that when change happens, the first thing it looks like is everything's falling apart, but that means it's changing. So there is a level of hypersensitivity. There is a level of you hearing about it more. And if you keep, if you create an environment where people can make mistakes, where people can ask awkward questions, where people can, can do that with, with the understanding that we will not attack each other, that we'll work through this together, that, that listen, just because there is a black person or a Mexican person or whatever, you know, in in your group doesn't assume that everybody is going to know how to treat black people or they speak in behalf of all black people too. So, so it's really a moment by moment 
it, yes, it looks like diversity. Yes, it looks like, you know, paying attention more to women more and needs more and, and um, you know, gender issues and pronouns and, and all of that. But really what I believe this lesson is teaching us is to be more connected as people, mm-hmm. to ask more questions. How do you cause great inclusion? Don't assume that you know how to do it or you can take some workshop to do it. Ask. Ask your people. Yes. What, what would leave you feeling included? Am I including you? Did that feel that we were all like everybody had an opportunity because you know, you'll have some people on your team that are just naturally inclined to be introverts and you calling them out to try to include them only is going to make them feel really uncomfortable. Right. right. So, so this is again, where you're just like, don't be a robot, be a regular person and just be with people, ask them questions as a leader. I think this is our a wonderful time to, to, to sort of have egg on your face, if you will, as mm-hmm. American saying, I don't know how else that translates. Yeah. Else, but, but, um, um, but for you to make your mistakes, I, I openly talk to my team about, you know, the things that, that I know that I'm working through. I've let them know with stuff that I'm working on getting stronger. I took on at the beginning of last year and said, listen, I'm really going to work on my listening. If you feel that I'm not listening to you, um, you know, let me know. I want to. I, I want to see with each of you what leaves you with the experience. And I've really heard what you've said. And mm-hmm. one of the things that I noticed, Kimberly, was because I work so quickly, I come up with solutions so quickly. I'm, you know, constantly leading in different directions between the leaders that I lead and the, you know, the founders and and then the team and all of that. Is that I'm am assuming that I know what to do in that situation. Yeah. And I also feel like I've heard what they said and I go immediately into solution mode and they're like, no, that's not what I was saying. And I was like, Oh really? Okay. Tell me again. And they'd say it. And I, I'd ask more questions. And I'm like, Oh, you were just trying to explain how, you know, this situation was going. I thought you wanted me to change something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, one of the things I found was just being able to connect with, with my team more as just people, just being able to have conversations on my podcast with leaders. You know, this is the reason why I chose to have a, a podcast that was very conversational because I didn't want a podcast where, oh, here's the authority, the authority's talking. And I just want, <laughs> listen, we're people. We're, we're yep. in a major change in history. Let's talk like people. Let's let's share the things that we're concerned about, the things that we're not that great at, the things that we're we're flailing at, the things that we like to be, the things that we aspire to be, all of those things. Because again, it goes back to sustainability. If you have a family that communicates, if you, you listen to your children and your partner when something's going off, if you ask them what they need, don't assume what they need, you'll have a healthy family life. You'll have you'll yeah. produce results. And that's the same thing that I have found with the direction that I have and other people have been going in, in terms of really examining this and being willing to change as leaders, to take the last 30 something years of training that we've got and say, hey, you know what? 60% of that's now coming around to being irrelevant. And that's okay. Yeah. It's okay because it was fine. I, I was able to use it for the times that I was able to use it. And it's not going to be relevant going forward. I'm open to learning some new things. I, mm-hmm. I'm open to it. Yeah. And and you know what what you're saying? It's absolutely kind of hit the nail on the head as you say, um, you know, and first there is a lot of hypersensitivity because we're all sensitive. I said that yeah. in the in the beginning, we're all a little bit grumpy. We're all kind of sick of this crap, you know, I mean, of like the COVID stuff and, and virtual and, and it's hard to, to produce inclusivity in the virtual world. You know, you, you really have to make an effort to reach out and pull people in. Um, 
Yeah, that's that's what I'm seeing. You know, the, a lot of people don't like to put their cameras on or, you know, you know, they are kind of embarrassed of, of you know, what the house site look like. They put on the fake background and then you feel like you're talking to a robot sometimes, you know, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. The inclusivity. I mean, any do you have any did you hear any one brilliant tip on inclusivity in virtual world? Because I haven't found other than just inviting people in. And, and trying to get encourage them to put the camera on. Um, I haven't really heard, ha- heard any, have you? <laughs> you know what? I think it's really important to ask and then to announce. I'll tell you, okay. I, started off my, I started off my series because we do five episodes a week. Okay. So I talk to three leaders a week, three different leaders a week. And I do two sort of like, you know, just monologues, just kind of saying what's going on or something internally that I'm developing or some insight that I had. So there's two of me directly to the audience and then three leaders. That's, that's a lot of podcasting yeah, on top of me leading the company and doing, you know, we've already launched by January, we have launched seven other podcasts. So, um, uh, one of the things that I noticed for myself, because this is a big part of that compassionate being like uh, focused on, on compassion is also to direct it to ourselves. And I noticed that, you know, I have to leave my clothes. I have to leave my team. I have to do my strategy. I'm interviewing people. I have to look up their stuff and get ready for that too. <laughs> All of it. Right. And I noticed like, I don't want to be on camera every minute either. Yeah. And so I, I had a guest on that, that brought attention to it. And because she said, you know, I, I just want to ask you, you know, one of the things that you said was really important is, was to demonstrate diversity. And as a black woman, here I am on this podcast, you know, I'm a woman of color. So she's like, you know, and you, you don't have the camera on. And I said, you know what, I'm really glad that you brought that up because I was noticing that the level of stress for me to be together and have put, put on something and look decent and have <laughs> everything going on and lead this company from my own place, I wasn't willing to do it for right now. And I'll turn the cameras back on, but I needed some space. And she goes, wow, thank yeah. you so much for sharing that with me because I kind of felt a little annoyed that I was expecting one thing and it didn't happen. And it taught me something like being able to contextualize my needs to people that mm-hmm. are not in proximity, that are not showing up to a studio or to a, right. you know, a conference room is super important. And this is again, where people can't see us. They, they're not physically close to us. So we have to be bold enough to say, Hey, you know what? And I didn't do this. And this was something great for that. I learned was for me to tell my team, Hey, send an announcement and tell people we're not doing that. And here's why. And just mm-hmm. say, Audrey's taking care of her well being. She's got a really packed schedule. And for now, audio works better for her to just be able to, you know, go for a run, come back from the gym and then, you know, jump right on and, and, and be ready to go. And, and maybe at the beginning, you know, some point in a few months, she'll turn the camera back on. People are like, great. And this is, again, we all understand how tough yeah. it is right now. We, yeah. we get it. But, we, <laughs> but we've got to raise the bar on our communication. Yeah. Yeah. Because we don't and, have the luxury of, of body language anymore, ex- you know? Ex- exactly. I think, I think that's a really point. I mean, yeah, good, because my hair looks a mess right now, too. So I'm glad I'm on for it. Okay, so anyway. Surely I look fabulous. I'll just have you know. Okay, well, you know, you know it's, it's, already, it's already all six o'clock here at night, so you can forget it here. So anyways, we, we have, we're we at the end of our show. So I just, one, um, we only have two more minutes. Uh, uh, this has gone by so fast. Um, one, one quick message, okay, one sentence to our audience from you. From your heart. Oh, my goodness. You know what? 
really, really, truly as leaders, if I, if I tell you one thing to take on this year to become masterful, or at least live inside of mastery is asking questions and listening. You're going, it's going to explode your whole world asking questions. And then when you think you, you know, the answer, ask three more questions. You're (laughs) going to, I'm telling you, you're going to discover things about yourself and people around you that is going to blow you away. The level of, of, of commitment and contribution that people truly want to give is there. But for so many people, they're just afraid questions, bring down the barriers. Mm-hmm. They open people up. They they spark the brain and the mind and the curiosity. So I know that wasn't one sentence, Kimberly. Well, but I just so ecstatic about it. No, it was one <laughs> sentence that you augmented a little bit. So, <laughs> so anyway, thank you so much. And for our listeners, we've been talking to Audrey Cavanizia, and she is the co-producer of Amplify Voices. And if you'd like to reach out to her, then you can listen to her podcast on www.amplifyvoices.io. And if you'd like to reach her out to her on LinkedIn or Twitter or Facebook, she is under Audrey Cavanizia, and that's C-A-V-E-N-E-C-I-A. And on Instagram, she is under Unlikely Podcast with Audrey. And Audrey, once again, thank you so much. This has been a blast. Okay. And um, hope to talk to you again soon. Oh, me too. (laughs) And listeners, uh, thank you very much for listening. This broadcast is also brought to you by Cinda. Cinda is one of Europe's fastest growing nonprofit digital marketing associations. And they hold conferences, do market research, legislative white papers, and they just launched a great e-learning platform for product managers, startups. So go to www.cinda.org, and the e-learning platform is with Boss Startup Science, Boss Capital Partners out of San Diego. And it's just a great tool for anybody who's running a company. You don't have to be a startup. You can be an SMB. Um, go to Cinda and figured out it's great so with that thanks for listening and please tune in you know welcome to 2022 and i'm wishing everybody a great year and as they say in german a gute rutschen to the new year and um, tune in again next week tuesday 3 p.m pacific time thanks and bye audrey thank you bye-bye everybody Thank you for joining us on Leadership Beyond Borders. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Kimberly J. Lewis, on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.